0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know. You're probably wondering, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and search Blue Wire. Ta da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. What's good? This is Keeping It 300, episode 24. It's flying by, James, when you're having fun. Episode 24. That went by fast
1: episode 24 my goodness
0: <laughs> we're having fun right
1: we are we are it did fly by though i didn't even i thought we was like on episode 10 episode 24 okay here we go
0: uh i mean to you it seems like we've been doing it for like five years because you know nail, nailing down the time <laughs> for you is very tough i didn't know that my friend james jones turned big time all of a sudden oh uh,
1: it's me. It's
0: all good. No, yeah, I ain't blaming <laughs> you. Let me show everybody our text messages. That's what I really should do. Read them out oh, loud. Oh, man. They'll I'm be all I'm just my kidding. Part. I know. I'm, I'm giving you crap because that's what I have to do. But anyways, um, last week we didn't have time to talk about the NCAA tournament. James's fault once again. But we promised that we would tell you guys who we had in the Final Four and who we had winning it all. And James, my bracket, <laughs> yeah, it's busted. My team ain't in the Final Four. <laughs>
1: Uh all of our brackets are busted. So who did you have in the final four? Let's
0: not say who we had in the final four. Let's just say who we had winning it all. How about that? All righty.
1: I had Kentucky I had Kentucky winning it all.
0: Oh well, you're stupid for having Kentucky. I knew why they weren't I, gonna win it I all.
1: Stupid? Kentucky should have beat Auburn. Everybody everybody's stupid if they had Duke
0: no you're no 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 no. so here's the thing okay now I gotta argue with you twice now wow about Auburn and Duke okay so the fact that you didn't think that they would beat Auburn is like insanity but I will give you this you probably didn't watch SEC basketball this year because I watched every single basically every single game in the SEC because my husband coaches Emma Zoo so we obviously play in the SEC and I watch the other games night in and night out.
1: Listen, I watch college basketball, palette.
0: No no no, no. no, 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 ain't no, 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 If you Auburn knew the ain't SEC been
1: to the day, final four ever. All of a sudden they were, <laughs> Because you know why?
0: Bruce Pearl is their game coach. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna probably get in trouble I don't by care saying, who saying no, coach I'm gonna be is. probably or get in trouble by saying this, but <clears throat> Bruce Pearl. Paid for his roster. So anyways.
1: Oh, see, now you hating. Now yes, you
0: hate. I am 100% hating. Uh,
1: now you a hater. Why can't you just say, why can't you just say he a good coach?
0: One, he got caught cheating and lying at Tennessee. And then he got hired at Auburn after his show cause. And then his assistant was fired or suspended last month because of the bribery scandal. You're telling me that Bruce Pearl didn't know anything about it? Um, come on. Come on, <laughs> cheaters always prosper in the NCAA. Cheaters <laughs> always prosper in the NCAA. Uh,
1: so now everybody's cheating, huh? No,
0: no, I'm not saying everybody cheats, but let me tell you, a lot of coaches cheat. Our coach, Emma Zou, definitely not one of them. Tony Bennett, coach of Virginia, definitely not one of them. There are a handful of very good guys, and then there's everybody else.
1: Everybody cheating because
0: your team ain't in it. Nah, that's not it at all. But anyways, back to Auburn. And I'm giving Auburn respect because I actually, like, really enjoy watching this team this year. Um, I was not surprised by Auburn, okay? We've played Auburn the last couple of years. Yep. We played Auburn yep. twice this season. Actually, three times this season. They are the they deepest. Beat up
1: on you. They no. beat up on y'all? No,
0: we should have beat them in the SEC tournament.
1: <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We got
0: screwed <laughs> by the refs at the end of the game. I'm not going to talk about hey, that, but it's cool. So it's
1: everybody else's fault. It's always nah, everybody else.
0: No, 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 but <laughs> shut up, James. Uh, no, I don't want to no, talk no. about that. That was that was so devastating. I actually like got on camera. I was on camera a million times because I was like yelling at the refs like on the top of my lungs behind the bench.
1: Like you were going to change call?
0: Because they wanted (laughs) Auburn to win. It was seriously like the most ridiculous thing ever. But the real reason is college refs are just trash. So I wasn't surprised. It's okay. They deserve to be where they're at right now. They've earned it. They are one of the deepest teams in the country. The five guys who come off the bench would literally start at any other program. They play great defense. They're tough. And when they're hot from three... They can beat anybody.
1: I hear everything you're saying. Oh,
0: and by the way, they lost Okiki, and they still beat Kentucky.
1: They did. They did beat Kentucky, but Kentucky, Kentucky should have won that They're game. They're not but as anyway. deep. No,
0: Kentucky's not as deep as Auburn.
1: So, my question to you: in your bracket, where did you have Auburn going?
0: To the elite eight. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Because they won the SEC tournament and they had to beat Tennessee to do it. And they smacked but I, but Tennessee by saying, like 20 that points. But i much
1: bragging you're doing about Auburn, you only had them going to the elite. Hey, you sound like you should have them going to the national championship.
0: Okay, clearly I know. But I thought in my head, I was realistic <laughs> and said, you live and die by the three, which means you ain't going to be hot every single night. The wars ain't even hot every single night, so I but thought they would. But I'm were saying
1: g- all you, you got to be hot for is a couple games. If you if you catching that hot streak and you hot a- for a couple games, you walking away with the trophy. They
0: were hot the entire month of February and March. It like seriously a- is a- ridiculous.
1: A- you play basketball, well, you in a groove. You in a groove. I know, I know. You know, shooter. Shoot or shoot.
0: You're right, you're right. Okay, so you're going <laughs> to tell me I'm stupid, though, but I had uh, Duke winning it all. I
1: know you did. You're going, you're going with the whole country, and Duke should have lost three weeks ago. And
0: that's actually what I was going to say. I mean, I feel s- stupid uh, picking Duke, but the only reason why I did is because, honestly, if you look at Zion Williamson, he's the LeBron James yeah. of college basketball. And when he gets the ball, he should score every single time he gets the ball just because of how powerful he is and how good he it's, is. So I thought, okay, as long as he's healthy, you know, Duke's going all the way. Yeah. But as you said, it was a battle all the way to get to the Elite Eight. They should have lost in the round of 32. Yeah.
1: You know why I did not pick Duke? Why? Number one... I mean, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I hate Duke. Ew, but, why are
0: you a Kentucky fan, Mr. West Coast San, San Jose?
1: That's, yeah, that's just that's just how I grew up, you know, a Kentucky fan. Mm. But anyway.
0: Anyway, okay.
1: Only reason why, I had Duke going to the national championship, but I had them losing to Kentucky. But even me putting them in the national championship when I was doing my bracket, yeah. in my head I said, man, they're not going to make it. And um, my reason for that is, is they, I knew they were going to get every single team they played Best shot, effort, like those yeah. teams were gonna sell out just because who they were. Yeah. Duke, Zion, Coach K. I knew they were go- every every game was gonna be a battle because they were gonna get every single team's best shot. Like they're probably watching film, like we used to watch film. The Bears used to be be terrible. We used to be thirteen and two going in there to play the Bears. Next thing you know, we're looking up at the fourth quarter and it's seven seven. Like who is this team we're playing? They yeah, didn't show yeah, this yeah. on film, yeah. but they played. You get every team's best shot, and I knew that was going to be Duke, and that's why I'm like, man, I don't want to put them this far, but I'm stupid for not because of the guys on their team. No,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, if you have Zion Williamson on your team, you should at least get to the national championship, or at least the final four, because in my opinion, it's kind of a uh, unsuccessful season. If you have a guy like that, and you didn't make it to the final four, man. you look back on maybe Zion's legacy in college, which obviously is only one year, but you're like, mm, was it a successful college career? Mm, I he should have made it to the Final Four. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, they had a, a stacked team, not just Zion. Exactly. Do you, think Coach K, you think Coach K paid for his team?
0: No, here's the thing. This is, <laughs> when you're Coach K, guess who does it for you?
1: There's no money trail. Hey.
0: The boosters do it for you.
1: Uh, I'm just saying, I mean, they got three of the best players in the world, man, you know, but... Oh, but you won't say Coach K, but you'll say the other coach. No, hey, I
0: I have my reasons. We don't need to go into that because I want to get to other stuff. We don't need to go into that because I want to get to other stuff. Another podcast, we could talk about that. But um, anyway, again, Duke. They should have lost in the round of thirty-two against UCF. I'm so yeah, freaking pissed yeah, and taco. sad for UCF.
1: Have lost to lost taco
0: man, yeah. no, not even taco. Talk- okay, Dawkins, Johnny Dawkins is yeah. an incredible dude, an incredible coach, and I was just so bummed for his son. Yeah. That shot at the end of the game to win it should have should have went in. <laughs> I cannot I'm believe it. How? But anyway, so in the final four we have Michigan State, Texas Tech, Auburn, and Virginia. Clearly, some surprises there. Now, I'm just gonna say, Texas Tech is gonna win it all.
1: <laughs> did you did you have did you have any of the Final Four teams correct?
0: I had Duke. Uh, did not have Texas Tech, and did not have uh, Auburn. I think I might have had UNC. They were in that uh, bracket. Oh, you
1: know. might have had North Carolina up there. Okay.
0: Yeah, North. I had North Carolina, yeah. but I had Virginia. The only team I had in there was Virginia. That's it. Okay.
1: Well, I went on. I went on the edge. I always, I always, I always like to pick sleepers. So, in my final four, I had Duke, Kentucky, um, Michigan, and Oregon. I took Oregon.
0: Oh what? I mean they were I, hot, yep. but they were not very good this year playing in the Pac twelve
1: Oregon. I love the way I love the way Oregon played in the Pac twelve tournament. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna take Oregon as a sleeper because I'm you know, I'm going up against people. I'm like, okay, I know they're not gonna have Oregon in their final four. So if Oregon does <laughs> catch fire and make it to the final four, I'm gonna win this whole thing. You know what I mean? That's how I took it. So I took a chance on Oregon. They won two games though. They they they, they made me proud, man. They almost they almost got it
0: that just shows you that you really didn't watch SEC basketball because if you saw Auburn playing the SEC tournament you would have picked Auburn to go to the final uh, four over Oregon let me just tell you that uh, but anyway the
1: way I, the way Oregon was playing I, I probably would have took Oregon anyway but I mean I just I mean hey Auburn's playing the right basketball at the right time well uh,
0: in the uh, championship game I had Duke North Carolina so <laughs> neither of them
1: are in there oh <laughs> uh, yeah neither so yeah, you're done
0: yeah I played myself but it's See, okay everybody's
1: brackets tore up I'm sure the whole world had Duke going
0: I'm telling you but anyways I'm pretty pissed about that but it's okay uh, but speaking of hoops James Jones Russell Westbrook dropped 20 20 and 21
1: 20 mm, twanky 21 twanky, twanky how
0: the heck did he do that
1: man he was I a mean, monster
0: did you watch the game or did you just watch highlights Oh,
1: you did? And yeah, man. This was one of the games I was watching. That's probably why he showed out. He knew I was watching. But, um, <laughs> no. but no, man, just watching them, man Listen, there is no one in the NBA that plays harder. Mm -hmm. every single night, night in and night out, that Russell Westbrook, man. And, listen, I want to say, like, he was playing different because, I mean, he had some motivation because of what happened to Nipsey. I want to say he was playing different. But that's the Russell Westbrook we get night in and night out. He's going to sell out for you, whether his team is the 12th seed, the 1 seed. It doesn't matter. He's going to sell out, man. And I love watching him play. After the game was over, I said, man, I got to go buy me some Russell Westbrook shoes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: See, I'm a a Westbrook fan because, obviously, um, I went to UCLA. He went to UCLA after. I'm a little older. He's making me feel very old, actually. (laughs) But anyways, he plays with a full head of steam. There's no stopping him in transition. Not at all. Oh,
1: my goodness. He forces you to foul him. He forces you to foul him. Absolutely. Now, if
0: he could get his three-point shot on lock, then he's a problem.
1: But we all know. Jump shot, dump shot ain't working. To the cup we go.
0: Yeah, the, and, and he's the best going to the cup. He's the best going to the cup. He's going to get to the free throw line going to the cup. Yep,
1: no doubt. But, yeah, but that was just special what he did. I mean, shoot, only one other guy
0: Will Chamberlain. in the NBA
1: has ever done. 20, twenty twenty twenty, And he did it. That's special. And I want to say this probably ain't going to be the last time we see that from Russell Westbrook.
0: That was o- over 50 years ago, James. 1968.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. And and I know I probably sound crazy saying Russell Westbrook probably will do it again in Maybe. his career, but I believe Maybe. he will. He plays too hard with too much energy. The ball goes up in the air. He wants the ball. He loves getting his teammates involved, and we know he's going to score the basketball. Like, I will not be surprised if we see him do this again. Yeah,
0: and, and here's the thing, though. Obviously, as you mentioned, he was playing with a, a heavy heart. Yeah. And sometimes unexplainable things happen, especially when you're yeah. – playing for someone or something, Um, and also, as you mentioned, he was playing for Nipsey Hussle. Yes,
1: sir.
0: Unless you live under a rock, you know who Nipsey is. Um, If you don't, he was a rapper, but he was more than a rapper. He was an entrepreneur, a business owner. He was a guy who did so much for the LA community and for the youth, and unfortunately, he was shot and killed in LA in front of his own store on Crenshaw and Slauson. Just a senseless act of violence. I mean, it was a tragedy. Yeah. As an athlete, James, I kind of okay. Let me compare this real quick though. A good example is Stephen Piscotti. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's an outfielder for the A's. Last year, his mom died of ALS. The next game back, and his first at bat, Homer. Like everybody was weeping in the stands. He was crying. I was crying because you felt like there was something else there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a higher power there with you or his mom was there or whatever you believe in. And so something like Westbrook just did that's kind of unexplainable because, honestly, it's very hard to put in perspective and explain exactly what he did other than telling you, okay, over 50 years ago, Wilt Chamberlain did it. You know what I'm saying? So as an athlete, James, how do you compartmentalize – like tragedy, and then you go and do what Russ did.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, like you said, he he had a heavy heart, and you know, when you're playing with some, playing for something or someone, you know, like that, you want to go out there and you want to play good because you, I mean, you want to pay respects to him, and for Russ to do what he did and go out there, and we all know where Nipsey's from, Rolling Sixties, and you get Twanky. Twanky, twanky. And he says, You know what that means. I know, as an athlete, for you to go out there after something like this happens and perform like that and to be able to pay respects to one of your close homeboys or close friends or mom or dad, it's just a certain feeling that you get walking off the field or the basketball court like, man, I feel like he's looking down on me, she's looking down on me, and I made her proud. And I know that's kind of how Russell Westbrook felt walking off that court. And everybody, once he said it after the game, everybody felt like, man, that's dope, man, proud of Russ. It was just, you know – What it meant, what it stood for, was unbelievable.
0: And Westbrook grew up in L.A. Um, He was a fan of Nipsey's. They became friends. And so he didn't just dedicate the game to Nipsey after he got the record. He went into the game dedicating it to him. He had his name on his shoes and everything like that. So I think because he did get this record and was playing with a heavy heart, it's just unexplainable. It gave me chills. You're like... Wow. How did this happen?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Things like that don't just happen. I mean, you're talking about something that happened 50 years ago, and all of a sudden it happens, you know, a couple of days after Nipsey passes away. And you know what I mean? And like you said, I mean, from where he's from and then 2020, just all the signs is there. I mean, stuff like that don't just happen.
0: Exactly. That was uh, incredible. But yeah. hopefully we'll see it again from uh, Russ. Because... I believe
1: we will. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's talk some football now. We're going to talk about Derek Carr and the Raiders in just a bit. But first, man, this is sad, James. Yeah. After just eight weeks of games, the AAF is no more.
1: I know. I thought, listen, so I go to the... First, you know, I call the game, yeah, and then I, I go to a hot shots game out here in Arizona when they're playing San Antonio because my coach Keith Williams, that coached me in college, coaches for San Antonio, the receiver coach. Mm-hmm. So you know, I go to the hotel, talk to the team. I, you know, I go to the game, and you know, the GM is uh, is Moose, uh, you know, the legendary fullback for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm talking to him on the sideline, and he's just super pumped about the AAF. He's telling me that, you know, they're trying to work with the NFL to get future contracts for guys, you know. So, like, if you're on the San Francisco 49ers and you didn't play that much, you could come over here to the AAF, but you still have a contract with the Niners once the season starts. Even if you get injured, you're still – they were working on all that. So, in my head, I'm like, dang – that's unbelievable. I'm like, this league is about to take off. Like, he had me wanting to come back and play football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this league is about to take off, man. If they can get stuff like that going, you got a lot of good players in the league. 97% of them played in the league already. So, it's good product that you're putting on the field. So, I'm like, man, in my head, I'm thinking, like, man, this league is about to take over. It's about to be like basketball, the D-League yeah. or the G-League, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Like It's about to take over. Yeah. I'm like, Canada's in trouble because <laughs> a lot of the players that they have over there are probably going to want to come play in the AAF. i never seen this coming. This was like a right hook. I didn't have my hand up to block it and <laughs> you boom, got knocked out because I, I did not see this coming. I thought this league was going to be here for a long
0: time. Well, I'm trying to be optimistic, right? He said they're suspending all operations and he did not officially Call it a fold, Um, and the person I'm speaking of is Tom Dundon, and he kind of was brought in later because they needed funding, and he gave 250 million dollars of his own money, um, and apparently this dude lost 70 million dollars of his investment already.
1: Oh
0: so I guess you could kind of understand where he's coming from. But here's the thing that kind of pissed me off. And obviously it upset, you know, Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersol, who are the co-founders. They were very disappointed because they thought, you know, they were getting great momentum and they were going to be in a really good yes. position for future success. And then all of a sudden this dude comes out of nowhere, did not get their blessings and says, we're suspending all operations. So here's the thing. These players showed up for work. They showed up for practice, and they were told to go home. And the players had to pay for their own flights back home. How disrespectful is that?
1: Yeah, that's cold-blooded right there. That, that That's disrespectful. I guess the league is basically saying, we've been paying y'all. Y'all should have enough money to get a one-way ticket somewhere. But at the same time, man, if out the blue... You know what I'm saying? You don't know if certain people's families is there and all that. It probably wasn't just them. Certain people got kids and stuff in that league. You know what I mean? Like, they probably could have been there with their families, their kids, and all that, thinking they're going to be there for the next three years or whatever because you signed that contract. You know, and then out of the blue, it's over, and we got to fly ourselves back? Mm-hmm. Like, man, come on, man. That that That's that's disrespectful right there. And that's... I'm sure
0: you know people in, in the league. I know I work out with actually somebody who works out at my gym here in Columbia, Missouri, is actually playing in the AAF. And I told the head trainer who was a former Mizzou football player who played with this player. And I'm like, yo, I just got a notification that they are suspending all AAF operations. They don't want to call it a fold, but it's basically folding. And he was like, what? Oh, my goodness. This is terrible because, I mean, he left what he was doing here in Columbia, Missouri. To pursue his dream and hopefully get noticed. He was playing in the CFL. um, And this was a chance to possibly get back to the NFL, you know, a feeder league. And you move wherever it was that he moved to for however many weeks. He literally uprooted his whole life. And then they're just like, yeah, thanks. But uh, thank you for your services.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, even the coaches.
0: Which they should have, I guess, in in a sense. Like, we knew history was not on the side of of leagues like this. You know what I'm saying? So many leagues have folded like this. So what made this different? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you.
1: I just, I I don't know about you, but I just felt different about this league. Like, it was a different buzz around it. Like, it was like, you know what I mean? It was basically like, it was the NFL until the NFL came back on. Like I felt like fans were starting to get into it. Well, they had high profile
0: coaches and high profile players. That's the thing.
1: Yes. They had all that. They, that, and that and that's why I'm like, man, ninety seven percent of these guys played in the NFL already. I mean, they had the right marketing for it. Exactly. You got the TV and all that for it. They're playing it on NFL Network. I'm like, NFL man.
0: Network, CBS, uh, Bleacher Report. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: like this. I'm like this league is about. It's about to take off. Like this is going to be the league where a lot of players either get cut, come to this league, and they find their way back in the NFL because of this league right here. I'm like, this is going to be a very good league for our players. And, man, for the guy just to take his – investment out and 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 do that to the players and all that i mean that, that that's cold right there and even the coaches like i talked to my coach today and he was like man yeah i'm gonna be going back to nebraska in the next couple of days but yeah you know it's family everybody down there like man exactly. we're, you know we're we're coaching down here should be down here for a couple of years you know this league is going is to be good and then boom out of nowhere it's just just blindside. That, that's the tough part about it. And then for the players, it's like, okay, I don't mind buying my ticket back, but like, dang, now how am I going to pursue my dream? Like, this is how I was pursuing my dream yeah. to kind of get back in the NFL. Now I can't show myself. Yeah. I'm going to have to try to either go to Canada or get in, another, get in another league or keep posting videos. Like, now it took away opportunity for a lot of guys to get back in the National Football League, man, and that hurts.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel bad for the players, I, but I also feel bad for the- the coaches and everybody involved, and everybody who invested time and effort into this uh, league.
1: Yeah, and from what and from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that it's done.
0: Yeah, it's done. I'm I hearing mean, it, it's yeah, basically
1: I'm, done. I'm, I'm hearing that there is no is no comeback from this. I pray and I hope it is, but from what I'm hearing right now, I'm I, I I'm hearing it's done.
0: And I had a lot of confidence just because Bill Polian was a yeah, co-founder, they and he had a
1: lot. All the signs led to this league taking off. So that's why it's probably hurting. It's probably hurt a lot of the coaches, too, because they're like, dang, we came in this thing to coach it because we knew that it was being done the right way, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? A lot of good people, you know, getting it started, a lot of good players. Like you said, a lot of former coaches that have been in college and National Football League, like, it was very good. The games were very competitive, like, you know. You just felt like it was gonna be here for a long time and now it's just gone and now we probably gonna to have to tune into the XFL. Oh Lord. <laughs> we'll
0: see if that folds too. But here's to hoping something changes and the league is back. I'm just trying to be optimistic. Yeah. Uh but anyways, James, the the Raiders signed another receiver, Ryan Grant oh, my, today.
1: My dog too. Yeah. Ooh we. <laughs> he might be the best. he might be the best receiver on the roster.
0: Ah uh, okay, oh, he, better oh, he better than Antonio Brown? Oh, he's better than Antonio Brown?
1: Well, you know, you know, they always say it's a diamond in the rough, right? Remember Jada oh. Kid said there's probably a dude out there that's better than Michael Jordan that we don't know about. Bye, Felicia.
0: <laughs> Bye, Felicia. He's been in the league too long for that. But anyway.
1: But on the real, on the, on the real, Ryan Grant is a baller. Listen to me when I tell you. I've been around Ryan Grant since he was at Tulane. We trained together because my coach, Keith Williams, was at Tulane at the time. We trained together for a long time. He is a baller. If he could stay healthy, Ryan Grant, AB, and Williams, that's a heck of a duo. I'm telling you all that right now. Are you saying
0: Seth Roberts needs to watch his back? He might be getting cut. Kind of looks that way, huh? I'm
1: telling you right now, I love Seth with all my heart. Seth was a Me rookie. When was, our guy. When I was at the Raiders, Seth is my guy. But if I'm keeping mm-hmm. it tree hunted.
0: Mm, keep it 300.
1: If I'm keeping it tree hunted. <laughs> Seth Roberts cannot mess with Ryan Grant.
0: I know they're going to be battling. Right yeah. now I think it's, what is it, uh, Antonio Brown, Tyra Williams. They have J.J. Nelson, Ryan well, Grant, well, But
1: Ryan Grant can do them all, though. Ryan he can, Grant can play outside and inside. Outside, and he can play inside, yes. Mm, he can do both. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm telling you, well, please keep this podcast right here, Fallon, because <laughs> yeah. when training camp comes. Yeah. Everybody, the world gonna Don't know that I said. Him. I guarantee Ryan Grant is gonna be the talk of the training camp. I guarantee you.
0: Okay, we'll see. We'll see if he is. I mean, it's gonna be exciting competition either way during it training is, camp. It is absolutely,
1: but I just want to let Raider Nation know that Ryan Grant is a ball. Is a, he's a baller? I mean, he, uh, he he bit the injury bug last year. <laughs> But he is is a baller. Like uh, the Raiders, it it really makes me proud right now because I feel like, no, for real, because I feel like the Raiders and that scouting department is really getting the job done.
2: No, because they
1: are. Ryan, Ryan Grant is a player, and people don't understand because all his stats may not be like this. It may not be, I'm telling you right now, watch what training camp hits. Derek Carr going to love him, I promise. You.
0: So you called Derek Carr baby A-Rod. Baby
1: he, A-Rod all day.
0: Okay, so what are you calling Ryan Grant? Because you're already proclaiming uh, a lot on his uh, career right now.
1: I'm calling Ryan Grant... Uh,
0: <laughs> just a baller. It's fine.
1: A, a, bet, a better J.J. I'm what? calling him like a better Jordy, J.J. Like, Jordy? No, like
0: you? I'm confused. No, like James Jones. You? Like James Jones? J.J., I don't like know why me. I was thinking Jordan Nelson better... for a second. <laughs> I'm like, James, what are you talking oh, about? Hold on. He's better, better Jay than Jay. James Jones?
1: Yeah, I'm calling him a better J.J. And when like you're talking J.J. About, in your
0: prime? You're J.J. in your prime.
1: Route. When you talk about route running and all that type stuff, like he's Best show you know and, some, and sometimes and sometimes you gotta humble yourself but if he gets the opportunities that i think he's gonna get there and like i say he's gonna take over this training guy he he, he, he is, he's a baller but yeah so i'm gonna call him a better JJ. that is
0: high praise
1: yeah better JJ. james
0: jones on this podcast the host of keeping it 300 is really keeping it 300 <laughs> say that ryan grant is going to be better than himself yeah i would yeah. never say that i have too much pride
1: Yeah, I know you do. Keep this uh, podcast, (laughs) though.
0: Well, um, let's move on to Derek Harkes. We only have uh, 10 minutes. But before we do that, we have to take a quick break. Stay where you are. what folks blue wire is proud to announce that we are teaming up with harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably yeah go to harry's.com backslash blue to save ten dollars on a value trial set which includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade a rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover you get all of that for just three dollars yeah how cool is that and it's shipped right to your door enough with the cheap razors it's totally worth trying harry's i promise you harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable blades and the best part at a fair price so you should join the 10 million people who have already tried harry's claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire and if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund so you cannot lose at all this is a great deal so again make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your razor for just three dollars That's harrys.com backslash blue wire. All right, we are back. So Derek Carr, during the off season, he obviously trains. He goes to different places all over California to preach the gospel, which I think is awesome. But what he doesn't like to do, James, is talk to the media during the off season, right? Um, He does that enough, clearly, during the season. So he said... If he does talk, it's going to be on his terms. So on Tuesday, it was on his terms. He went on uh, his YouTube channel, took questions from fans. And James, this was smart because he knew that fans were going to tune in. He knew that people like me and the media would tune in. So, you know, we could get something to talk about and something to write about all while driving traffic to his YouTube channel. And doing it in a controlled environment. So he's a smart guy. So we already know that. But did you hear any of what he had to say, James?
1: I did not hear any of it.
0: Well, you're in luck because I'm about to play six (laughs) minutes of the best bites from Derek Carr. Uh, Let me hear it. Oh, before we play this, you should feel very special, James, because he gave you a shout out. Come on now. Something you said back in 2014. It has stuck with him for his entire career. So here we go with the best of Derek Carr from Tuesday.
2: I will say this about Antonio Brown. He is one of the hardest working people I've ever been around in my life. Like, we, we've we worked out a lot together. We've been throwing, and you'll see some posts here and there, but we, I really don't care for people to know what I'm doing, to be honest with you, all the time. Um, but we have 100% been putting the work in that needs to be put in. Uh, uh, his, another question that we had uh, come in is... Have you learned anything new about A.B. Uh, like what has surprised you about him? Nothing surprised me because I, I've kind of known him since the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. Um, I knew how hard he worked. I knew he's a great guy, loves his family, uh, loves God. Um, yeah, I knew I knew those things. Um, but uh, I think something that would surprise other people is just how down to earth he is. You know, people just see him spitting facts all the time, and you know certain things. But man, so down to earth. He came to my son's. Birthday party, you know. I told him that, hey, we have a birthday party going on uh, for my son. I won't be here on this day and this day. He's like, well, I'm coming. And so, the man just brought his family, and they hung out, and like it was a family, um, family atmosphere. Uh, you know, from the outside looking in, um, nobody honestly really knows what's going on. If I'm just keeping it real, uh, and uh, when you see the people that we're signing, you see the people we're bringing in. Man, we are building a team to win now. Like we we're ready to go. You know, we're, we are, we're so hungry. We're so on fire, uh, you know, to win. This will be my sixth year and it's the third time we've rebuilt. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not ideal. Uh, I don't remember, I don't know how many people are on the team since I was here and, uh, since I got here, uh, six years ago, but, uh, I do know this, that, uh, whenever you decide to come play for the Raiders, um, you have to understand that it's not for everybody. You know, you have to understand that no one else in the NFL likes the Raiders. You have to understand that no fan base likes you. You have to understand no matter where we go, we're the villain. Um, And I think that uh, these guys deciding, saying, no, I want to come here. I want to play with him. I want to play with him. Um, That just shows you our head coach, our leadership on the team, Um, you know, guys know what's up. And so now we just got to go do it. You know, Um, uh, Jorge, no, I'm still not wearing eyeliner. It's just that I'm blessed with just wonderful eyelashes. So I'm sorry that that joke is eight years old, but it's not true. uh, I knew that you would enjoy that one when he asked, do I I feel like as a leader on the team that I, you know, you got to prove something every year. I think that we have to prove it every year. I I heard James Jones say this one time, you know, somebody asked him like, man, you're set, man, you, you're good. You're a vet, you know, all these kind of things. You and DC got a connection. And James said, it doesn't matter what we have. He said we have to go out and prove it every single day at practice in the meetings and on game day and and so man uh, i i think that i've always taken that to heart man like yeah absolutely there's a lot to prove that yeah duh you know that that's that's the nature of our business but i think um, one of the exciting things is is that we're putting a team together that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be it's going to be fun we're going to be able to win win a lot of games and um, you know as long as we put the work in and jail as a team, come together, do things outside the building uh, more than we have. I think that as we do that um you know you're gonna you're we're gonna see a better product of the field which is going to be exciting so hard knocks possibility, oh gosh, uh, you heard our owner you know talk about that I don't think it's the time, but uh, you never know I don't know how that thing works if we do it, it definitely gets some fun sound bites from from all of us um, but you never know, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> What is your thoughts on Mayock? Oh, my goodness. Mayock has been amazing. Obviously, Reggie drafted me. Uh, Mr. McKenzie was amazing, and he was awesome. Uh, and, and I love him, love him dearly. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mayock has been amazing. He's been honest with me the whole process. He's laid out the vision for the whole offseason to me. And and everything that he said to me, you know, as the, as the quarterback, as the leader of the team has been right on point and so as a leader you take whatever he's saying you're like man you go to the team and you're saying dude he's doing everything he said that he's gonna do how do you address critics when you play, when you play since having injuries man you know it's, it's one thing man I'll tell you this man I'm human right and so I always want the truth out there you always want the truth and what I've learned is some people don't even care for the truth and I've had to learn like man you know what I just I just gotta sit back and just be me man I was watching film uh, and just trying to say, like, well, man, like, I'm always open to, like, what do I need to do better? And I'm watching the film. I'm like, man, I'm doing things that I wouldn't even do my rookie year. Let alone, especially, like, and even in 2016. I was in, I did things last year I wouldn't even do then. And I'm just saying, I'm just sitting there saying, man, let me tell you this. you got to continue to trust the process. As long as you're doing the right things, as long as you continue to work hard, those guys don't have a clue what's going on. They, They honestly don't. And so... As as you continue to trust the process, and as as everything in you wants to fight back and say this or say that, man, you just turn the film on and you see, no, nah, man, I'm doing it right. And so um, you obviously take what you can and grow. Um, but bro, I've I've played with things that don't even matter that people don't even know about. I've had things done and worked on that people didn't even know that I had worked on and still played that week. You know, so it's just it's just things that you know they they honestly. They just don't know that it's just from a lack of knowledge. Um, it's just from a lack of uh, caring, too. They just want you to respond. And I failed and uh, challenged two to a fight, <laughs> which was my fault, man. Uh, I'm human. Um, but, man, there's nothing but love from me now, bro, um, from here on out, man. I'm, I, I'll, say, I'll just tell you this, man. I am excited um, for, for the off-season program to start to lead our team, Um back to the playoffs, and hopefully beyond that where we belong. And so uh, I can't wait uh, to get started. Um, I I am super pumped. It's going to be an amazing year. It's going to be an amazing ride.
0: So Derek Carr knows exactly what to say to get Raider Nation pumped up. He is a pro when it comes to the media, James. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think about what he had to say about you? You dropped some knowledge on him, and he hasn't forgot about it.
1: Oh, you know, that's I mean, I I listened to six minutes of that, but that's the only thing I took out of it, too, so I'm sure that's probably the only thing all the other fans took out of it, you know, just what he learned from from J.J. himself. No, I always used to tell him that. I do remember that. Um, Even though we were struggling, you know, his rookie season, you know, started off the way we started, and, you know, like I said, people will go, go around and say, well, we got us a franchise quarterback. Derek Carr is unbelievable, or, you know, him and J.J. got a great connection, and I always Used to tell them, listen, don't none of that matter, dude. We got to go out every day in practice, every game, and we got to continue to prove yeah. it. Cause nobody remembers what you done yesterday. You could care less. We could have had a great day yesterday. One on ones, team drills, caught every ball. But what you gonna do today? And that's what, that's what people remember. And if you hear people talk about D.C. now, all they're going off of is what he did last season. Mm-hmm. They're not going off of all the things he did before that, how he had this team at 12-4. and 4, And if he didn't get hurt in the playoffs, who knows? What would uh, happen? Before the playoffs, who knows where they yep. would have been? You know what I mean? People aren't talking about nope. that. They're just talking about the D.C. that they seen last year. And, oh, man, he got this wrong with him and that wrong with him. We might need to draft a quarterback. And I still sit over here and say, that's baby A-Rod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Special quarterback because I've been around him. But I told him, man, every single year, practice, day, you got to go out there and you got to prove yourself yeah. whether you're a $100 million or whether you're making
0: 100000 What I like what he said there was, you know, we're building a team to win now. Mayock has done what he said he was going to do. And yeah. then he said, you know, this is my sixth season. And third time we've had to rebuild. Yeah. That's not ideal. No. Yeah, duh, it's not ideal at all. And we talked about that because everyone's talking about oh, what happened with Derek Carr? What do you mean yeah. what happened with Derek Carr? In twenty sixteen, when they were twelve and four, the only continuity they had was Bill Musgrave, who was the offensive coordinator, and that's the only time he's had back to back offensive coordinators, yeah. which translated into success. Yeah.
1: And that's why I keep telling everybody: this year you will see Derek Carr take off. Not necessarily because of the weapons that they're getting around him, but just because Continuity. he's going to be in the off same offense again for back-to-back seasons, and he's going to mm-hmm. understand it. he's coming into training camp. He's not going to have to learn a whole new playbook, and you and you get off running. And I think he's going to benefit off that, and I think you're going to see a totally different Derek Carr. I'm excited for it, and you know the the biggest thing I'm excited about right now is Ryan Grant because people don't understand how Shut good up, he James. is and how good he's going to be. I'm serious, and go along with with AB and, and and Williams. It's going it's going to be good. So this- I'm excited about the Raiders and, and what they got going on. And listen. People talk about we rebuilding. No, ain't no rebuild right now. They are building to win now. You don't bring in veteran players like you're bringing in. You don't bring mm-hmm. in a Brandon Marshall. You don't bring in an Antonio Brown. You don't bring in uh, a Joyner. They have
0: 16 uh, veterans that they brought in this offseason. I think that's what the number is.
1: Exactly. You bring in them, these veterans, for leadership, and you bring them in to win now and get this thing rolling.
0: Okay, and I know you have to go, but the last thing, you just talked about leadership, okay? And I was on the Raider Cody podcast this past weekend. They asked me about Derek Carr's leadership and how people, you know, are questioning him as a leader. And I gave this long-winded answer on why (laughs) I thought that was a crock of crap and how D.C. is the epitome of what a leader is and sometimes maybe his style of leadership or his approach um, some people may not buy into that because I just know, you know, he's very nice and loves everybody, takes accountability. It's kind of like, is it too good to be true? And sometimes you just want to shake him and be like, be mad. Derek, be mad. Yeah. Be mad. It's okay to be mad when things aren't going right. But I have to ask you, and this is going to be the last thing we talk about, in your mind, how would you describe the type of leader DC is?
1: is the type of leader that no matter what locker room you put him in, no matter what team you put him on, He's going to be a leader. That's just his, That's just the type of personality he has. He has, to me, D.C., he has a very good understanding of the team he's on and when and how to be the right leader. Sometimes yeah. he'll go out there and he'll lead by example. Sometimes he'll sit in that locker room and I done been in there with him like, okay, J.J., it's time for me to say something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And lead like that. He knows when the right time to be a leader. And all that other stuff, D.C. Now, to me, me playing with him and being around him for so long, that's all BS. But then again, that's stuff that comes up when you're losing.
0: Losing, yeah, exactly. When
1: you're losing, number one, it goes to the coach, then it comes right to the quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. Everyone wants what I to point mean? fingers. Yes,
1: Ooh. just like when the Packers losing this season, not to switch it on the Packers, but the, first is McCarthy, then it's all Aaron like it it all when you're losing it always comes back to the coach and the quarterback that that's just part of it that's why they're making the big bucks that's part of it but when you talk about leadership DC is the perfect leader and he could go into any ball club and be the leader of that be the leader of that organization that's just how I feel about it from being around him that's just what I've seen
0: and he can get along with literally anybody and everybody and that's one of the biggest things and what makes him him and in my opinion what makes him a leader. No doubt about it. Anyways, I know you have to go because you're big time, and that's cool. So head off to wherever you have to head off. I think you're actually picking up your sons, are you? Yeah. Okay, so go pick up your baby kids. All right. Yeah, I gotta
1: go get the baby.
0: <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you subscribe to Keeping It 300 wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you rate us and write a review. So till next week, we out.